What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 34, and this afternoon I'm sitting with two very special people from Perth Store. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you guys coming over and, and taking the time to, to spend a few days here with us. Um, so I'm sitting down here with uh, Jenny Clevos, Market Segment Manager for Perstorp, and Anders Magnussen, Technical Market Development Manager for Perstorp. Um, maybe take a minute, have you two guys introduce yourself, you know, talk about your backgrounds and um, you know, your day-to-day with Perstorp. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to maybe start with Jenny, um, kind of your day-to-day and, and background and, and what you work with. Yeah, uh, I work as, uh, as you said, market segment manager uh, in uh, the business unit plasticizers. So that means that I'm responsible for one of our plasticizer portfolios at uh, Perstorp. So um, both from um, a product perspective, but also from a marketing perspective. So it's you could say it's a combined role. And uh, I've been at Perstorp since uh, 2017, so fairly new at the company. Yeah. Um, there are people who've been around at Perstorp many more years <laughs> than I have. <laughs> now I'm looking at Anders. <laughs> um, How about yourself, Anders? Yeah, um, believe it or not, that it's been actually 30 years within the company in various different roles. So. Very nice. And your, what is your kind of day-to-day? What do, what do you work with? Um, I'm uh, working together with Jenny to uh, have more technical marketing of uh, Pevalent. So attending conferences, uh, giving feedback and material into different kinds of brochures. And of course, then the most important part is to um, have technical support to the customers. Yeah, and I've seen, uh, I've seen you at quite a few different conferences and mostly in the U.S., of course. Mm. Um, but it's been great to see you at different shows. Um, and maybe even taking a step a step further back, if you want to introduce Perstorp to anyone that may not be familiar with Perstorp as a company, you know who you guys are and your specialties and, and what you guys do day to day. Yeah, Perstorp is uh, quite an old company. So uh, they started off already in 1881 in uh, a very small village uh, called Perstorp. So the company wasn't named after the village in the beginning, but eventually. And uh, we still have uh, a big plant in um, at site Perstorp in the village and uh, it has been a lot of products that have been produced at the Perstorp during the years um, started off with um, acetic acid and methanol and uh, moved into plastics in the 50s and uh, we have been producing uh, flooring uh, for examples but uh, since um, a couple of decades ago we have been uh, specialized in more specialty chemicals. Um, yeah. Very nice. And obviously a global global company, global footprint in uh, your offices and, and where you're selling. Yeah, we have the headquarters in, um, in Malmö, in the very south of Sweden. But we have uh, plants uh, across uh, the globe in in U.S., uh, for example, and uh, in, in China and uh, in different locations in, in Europe. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have uh, Jan Secker on. Uh, it was our second ep- se- second ever podcast episode. Um, I guess it was last year now. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. We'll put a little link if anyone hasn't seen that. That was he was a great speaker. It was great to. Sit I'm down sure with him. he was. <laughs> it's crazy. That was. I'm looking at the the guys here. It was our second episode ever. It was long long time ago. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been a great partnership with with TCC and Perstorp, uh, especially on the plasticizer side for you know quite a few years now, and uh, excited to roll out a, a few new products, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. Um, but I know one thing we kind of wanted to jump into and talk about, which is a 
trend that's really impacting anybody, whether you're specifically in the chemical field, if you're just a average consumer looking at toys or flooring or whatever the case might be, is kind of the, the perception going on today of PVC as a whole. And then you have the whole phthalate versus non-phthalate um, you know, debate or discussions that are going on, and various uh, scientific or, or technical research studies that come out on the safety or the usability of, of the different products. Um, something I'm sure both of you guys spend you know, a lot of time looking at and understanding and seeing what's going on. Um, but maybe kind of what are your perceptions and what are you guys seeing with, with PVC and, and you know, phthalates as a, a subset of PVC as a whole? Well, I think it's uh, it differs um, between different um, what do you say industries. Um, the perception of PVC or vinyl uh, for consumers, it's very hard to understand the difference between phthalates, non phthalates, and in uh, in many cases, uh, PVC is considered to be harmful uh, due to um, that it can con- uh, contain. Phthalates and phthalates are are problematic and, and uh, dangerous, so it's uh, it's it's very hard for consumers to navigate, and uh, consequently, some brand owners they are taking a stand against PVC, um, and some um, retailers they are taking a stand against phthalates. So it it really differs, and in in some industries, it's it's not a discussion at all. Yeah. Yeah, so I, th- I think it differs, you know, the closer you get to um, to consumers, especially when it's uh, about children or, you know, um, then, it, then, it's, then it's more, uh, there you find more discussions about PVC in general. Yeah, it seems like there's always lots of kind of articles and information out there. Um, some of it backed by science, some of it just kind of becomes this spiraling, um, you know, story or, or things that maybe is not necessarily backed by science. So it's been inter- interesting seeing stuff that's lend, uh, led by the consumer, led by, you know, the Home Depots or Walmarts of the world, the big box retailers. Uh, you're kind of seeing it from both sides with kind of a, a pressure or pinch against, you know, PVC and phthalates in some situations. Yeah, absolutely. And and when it comes to phthalates, you have these all varieties of phthalates. You have the ortho phthalates, you have the terephthalates, and, and then in these groups, uh, it's also very different types of chemistries. But but still, it's uh, it's difficult. And obviously, with with our podcast and episode, and, and us as a company, you know, we, we focus kind of on the North American market and some in South America as well. Um, but with you guys based in Europe, I mean, what are you guys seeing? Is it a is it a regional thing with PVC or phthalates in certain regions, or is it kind of a global? Um, you know, perception of, of PVC and phthalates is it is it different in certain regions, or is it kind of kind of everywhere? Well, it, it is different. You can say that uh, on a global basis, the trend is quite clear that it's uh, we are moving towards uh, non-phthalates. So that market is growing at a faster pace than the market for phthalates. Mm-hmm. Even if we see that, you know, the the uh, the general trend is that PVC is growing yep. due to its uh, um, cost performance benefits, but. Uh, um, legislation looks a bit different so legislation is one thing and then perception or trend is another thing sure. so the trend is is clear it's clearly towards non-phthalates yeah. um, but from a legislate, uh, legislative perspective it, it can be a bit different yeah and from more of a, a technical side of things do you see a big difference or, or how does that affect you doing technical work and technical research phthalates versus non-phthalates are certain products 
better or easier to work with, or how, how have you seen it from the, the technical side of things? I mean, the, the phthalates uh, have been around for a very long time. Uh, now we bring in different uh, molecules as, as non-phthalate, uh, which of course uh, uh, will have an impact on, on the uh, material or the formulation due to its uh, different compatibility and the uh, long development uh, only having phthalates uh, around. But now you have different uh, structures, different uh, polarities that uh, needs to be compatible with the formulation. So uh, there is uh, not a drop-in replacement when it comes to uh, plasticizers. Yep. And I think that's a good transition into kind of the bulk of the conversation is uh, Pevelin. And that's something the chemical company is very excited to be working with Perstorp in, in North America on. Um, maybe you want to give a, an introduction on Pevelin. You know, what is it? Where's, where did it come from? And kind of what is it being uh, produced and marketed to to kind of, kind of fill this gap in the industry? Yeah, Pevelin is a polyolester-based uh, plasticizer. So it's an aliphatic um, plasticizer. And uh, so it's based on pentaerythritol and valeric acid. And um, uh, the very starting point when uh, Pevelin was uh, developed was to develop a non-phthalate plasticizer. And uh, then, you know, why it became pentaerythritol and valeric acid? Well, it was basically the best combination that we could uh, find uh, given our, um, the raw materials at hand. Uh, maybe Anders, you want to um, ship in? Mm, no, that's correct. I mean, t to be able to be a high volume uh, plasticizer supplier, you, you need to have a captive raw materials to be able to really compete on those high volumes. So uh, Perslip did a, a very wide uh, spread uh, looking into different uh, possibilities of raw materials uh, to really see what could be done or what could be utilized. So it's ended up with uh, one of the biggest products that we have, a pentaerythritol, as, uh, as a core for this uh, molecule. So it's uh, truly uh, an aliphatic uh, molecule. And of course, the penta piece of it positions Perstorp very well with your backwards integration into the, you know, the penta market. Yeah, which it, is very helpful you know, as you, as you go to market is, and, and uh, are, of course. are ramping up. Yeah, and what are what are some of the biggest uh, successes you've seen so far and are hoping to achieve? Maybe based on the end uses or, or certain products it can, it can replace or or be used kind of in combination with in the in the marketplace. Well, we have seen that uh, Pevelin can be used in many different applications. Um, and, uh, and we have some uh, customers that uh, we actually got already when we introduced the product in 2013 that, that are still using uh, Pevelin. Sure. And so I think that is really, um, they really have a proof of success yep. that customers stay with you. Uh, and, and Anders, you, you have been uh, really working with Pevelin ever mm. since it was launched. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it's, uh, it's not typically maybe uh, non-phthalates that are uh, always the case uh, or non-phthalate applications uh, or con close to consumer. There are actually some other good properties also of this unique plasticizer with its aliphatic uh, structure having a really high UV stability. 
So um, th- that is also, so to say, an interest from the market. And what are some of those core? I mean, I know there's, there's five or six bullets that are really the, the, the key selling points and drivers for the Pevelin. What are some of those kind of core selling aspects and, yeah. and pieces from a technical standpoint that have been you know, popular and helped with the release? Of course, we're to- talking of uh, uh, cost and uh, volume availability. Uh, having an efficient plasticizer is uh, uh, very beneficial because uh, then you reduces the amount uh, that is used. And um, uh, in combination with a low volatility, which makes the article last for a longer lifetime, and then if you can save some uh, energy, for example, with a faster processing or you can reduce any uh, additional additives into the formulations as uh, UV stabilizers, then you get the cost advantage in, um, of a product. Sure. And then there's a, there's a, uh, like a secondary product or a subgrade of Pevlin, which is Pevlin Pro. Um, which we've seen a big push with sustainability efforts and kind of the whole going green movement and people want more sustainability in their supply chains. Um, and that obviously leads right to those you know, goals with having a more sustainable version of the, of the Pevelin. Yeah, Pevelin Pro is Pevelin based on renewable content. And uh, so it's really the same molecule and, uh, and, and it's produced with the mass balance concept. So it's, it's really about keeping track of uh, the the right amount of the raw materials that goes into our tanks, sure. and um, Pevelin Pro is um, now we can offer Pevelin with uh, up to thirty six percent of renewable content. So that would be Pevelin Pro thirty six. Yep. But but we have a very strong um, uh, direction, you could say, at at Perstorp, and that is that we will become finite material neutral. And uh, so we have, of course, the ambition to be able to offer Pebbling Pro with 100% renewable content. So sure. this this should be seen as a first step, you could say. And, and so Pebbling Pro, is it's the same molecule. It has the same... Um, specifications and functionality as Pevelin, but with that renewability aspect. Absolutely. So that means that our customers who have already qualified Pevelin, then they can use Pevelin Pro and it will be a drop-in replacement as it's the identical molecule. Yeah. Which, which I think is impressive. Um, as you see some of these different sustainability efforts and products coming out, you know, a lot of times you can get the sustainability part, but you're going to lose this, or you're going to lose that, or you're going to lose a piece of it. So having the exact same molecule with all the specifications of the standard Pevelin is, is impressive. Yeah, and it's uh, for us, it's also the best way if we're going to switch towards uh, renewable content that this uh, approach of having this uh, mass balance concept is really how you can do it stepwise um, because it needs to be um, still affordable. It needs to be sustainably done. And by using also this uh, ISCC certification on it, it also gives you a, um, you could say, a, a assurance of quality because it also means that the, the um, raw material that goes into the um, pro version or the renewable version is sustainably sourced. So there is a full traceability um, from, you could say, cradle to gate sure. um, of the product. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and 
it's a relatively new product to the market, you know, or late 2010 or so and, and kind of beyond. So it's less than 10 years old, which in the grand scheme of, you know, the PVC industry is a, a fairly new product. Um, what are some of your guys' goals and how do you see the, the Pevlin continuing to grow and develop in the marketplace? Well, we see we see a, a, a growing demand for this product, and uh, we announced uh, it's around one year ago that uh, we increased the capacity drastically for Pavalin, and that is of course uh, to respond to a growing market demand. Yeah, so we foresee a bright future for for Pavilion, yeah. which which in itself for a, a relatively short time period to announce an expansion and, and growing, obviously shows your commitment and and um, dedication to the product and obviously uh, success that's already happened, you know, expecting more success with different companies and different industries, you know, kind of throughout the world. Oh, absolutely. And I think also that uh, now when we are starting to work together with the TCC, I think that will also support the uh, our growth plans, especially in uh, North America. Absolutely. And do you see a, is there a region of the world that has more demand for Pevelin or products like Pevelin, or is it kind of a global, um, you know, switch, a product that can be used really globally? Is is there a certain region that you've had more success or more interest, or is it, has it been kind of everywhere? Well, we started off in Europe, so obviously the market for Pevelin is more mature sure. in market due to this reason. But uh, we see it. we see a growing demand in North America. We see it in um, in in Asia, um, but uh, there is. Um, one market, you could say, that is looking for a non-phthalate uh, product. But then we also have in industries where there is not a clear demand for non-phthalate, but that where Pevelin has been chosen due to its technical properties. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I know speaking on behalf of the chemical company, you know, we're excited to work with, with you and Perstorp and, and roll this out to, to North America and really continue to, to bolster that demand and, and get people excited about it. Um, obviously, with your market expertise and the technical support from, from Perstorp, you know, we're, we're excited to, to roll it out and, and see what kind of feedback we have. Um, anything else to, to add about it? Any other final thoughts on it, on the, on the product or the, the future of Pevelin and, and where it's going? I think we covered it quite well. I think so, yeah. too. Um, I appreciate the time. It was great to sit down with you guys. We appreciate you know spending a couple of days here at the office and, and speaking about Pevelin and, and learning more about it. And we're excited to bring it to the marketplace. Um, you know, we'll have info uh, both on the Per Store website as well as on our own website uh, very soon. So we'll have that resource and, and information. Uh, feel free to reach out to myself or your TCC sales contact, or just come in through the website. Uh, happy to speak about it further and start getting people excited about it. Um, as always, the podcast is available wherever you stream your podcasts on. Um, Apple Podcast Store, the Android Store. Uh, we'll have this episode up on YouTube and all the social media channels, cur- courtesy of the Cuddle Bottom Creative guys here. Um, once again, thank you, Anders and Jenny, for your time. We look thank forward you. to talking to you soon, you. and we will catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.